Hi, Zeus Alexander Samarlov, beach volleyball player from Latvia, and you are listening to A Space. Doing exactly the same thing, and it's spread inside out to Moilovs. Screams another serve. Not this time! Four match points saved! The captain with another block! Andre, done and dusted. Point one, the Lion King. Hello, yes, it's that time again. It's time for the A-Space. We are back in business once more with another episode with one of the world's best volleyballers. We can't help but bring the best names in the game week in, week out. My name is Louis Letts and I'll be today's host on other occasions. It's Dave Rogers, but we will be always joined by either Matt or Dan from the CEV. And today we are joined by Dan again. Dan, how are you? How's Luxembourg going? Louis, it's a nice, great, sunny day here in Luxembourg, and I'm really excited for this podcast. Are you allowed outside the house yet, even though it's a nice day? Uh, instants, instants, yeah. We're, we're starting to open back up here, for sure. Awesome. So just let you know, these episodes are being recorded remotely. So Dan is in Luxembourg. I am in London, England, and our guest, just to give you a little clue, is in Latvia. These episodes are being released alternately with our unscripted and debate series, which will come out on a Friday. Our new co-host is an absolute weapon on a beach volleyball court, to say the least. First place on the World Tour, 2013-14. World Under-21 Champion. Under-23 European Champion. A European Champion. Going three Olympic Games. Is that, is that enough? Can I, can I keep going? I think it's going? enough. <laughs> I think that's enough. Multiple-time Latvian Champion. We have the Lion King himself here, Alexander Samoyev. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? It's amazing to have you. Thank you for making the time um, to come on board today for three episodes. Thanks for inviting. And uh, thanks to everybody who is watching this episode. Yeah, we, we're so lucky to have, at the moment, you're uh, our third beach guest. And I just don't know how we're going to keep topping the guests that we've got on the show. It's... Um, it's enthralling and I'm learning so much every week by being on it. It's, it's incredible. How's Latvia been uh, over the past few weeks? It's great weather. So we already for two weeks, we are able to practice at the beach. So it's warm, green. I had the time, like two months to do everything in my garden because usually I'm traveling in summer all around the world and it's like, it's a mess. <laughs> but now <laughs> it's a time to spend more time at home do all like uh, homework and um, a little bit different routine than I used to in the last 15 years. Are there any particular things that you're really enjoying? I know that this is a really tough time for so many people, um, but is there any little bits of life that you're enjoying, being at home with the family maybe, or, or just something a bit different? Uh, actually playing PlayStation. because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, since... I was 20, I stopped playing any video games. And uh, during this quarantine, I, I just took from my friend that took PlayStation and I, had it, I was playing because my family, my wife and two kids, they stuck in Russia. They stuck for one month and a half. They couldn't get out. And because Latvia closed the borders and uh, Russia, because, okay, we said like Latvia is at least announced that in, in four days we will close all our borders, but Russia just stopped. And they stuck in Russia for one month and a half and I was at home alone. So actually it was a tough time because like all this limitation, you have to stay at home. So I didn't have a chance like 
communicate with the friends only by video chat and uh, so I was alone at home by my own so maybe contacting a little bit with my neighbors and uh, yeah so it was a tough time but it's uh, it was a time for maybe re-evaluating things in life what is important and um, to bring more value to the things that you have in everyday life it's like when you're healthy never think about that you're healthy so how cool it is to be healthy. So, and only when you get injured or you have some illness, you realize how bad it is when it's, you have pain or you're injured and, and uh, how good it's just to be, just to be good, just to feel good and nothing special. So how are these small things, that, uh, how they're important in your life and how they're changing our life. And uh, this coronavirus, I think for many people, just to put, the, the value to the things that we not realizing in our everyday life. I, I agree. Dan, do you agree with that? I don't think I could have put that any better myself. I was going to say, and so what you found that's important is, uh, is, is PlayStation, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was kind of uh, meditation for me because uh, just to see, I'm reading books. I was uh, studying, but uh, so the kind of entertainment for me was for sure I spend like two hours every day on video calls with my family. Thanks God we have it. I don't know how guys like 30 years ago, how they were playing world tour without uh, Skype or uh, other like zoom and uh, video conference, how they were being so much uh, time uh, away from their families. But yeah, PlayStation was a thing that just spending time because your, your day uh, when you have, your routine when you work, you practice two times a day. So you have your routine and they just go one by one. And when you're doing nothing and you have to stay at home, okay, you do exercise. My coach was sending me every day what uh, exercise I have to do, but I do them in one hour and then just uh, rest of the day. I don't know, like walking 50 times to my refrigerator. <laughs> opening and, I, have, uh, I have this problem as well. Yeah, yeah I'm, special, I'm, especially like first week because when uh, all this crisis started, I know that all, I don't know how it is in, in other countries, but in Latvia, like all people from supermarkets, they full trolleys and just put inside all the food in the refrigerator because not to go away. Nobody knew what's, uh, what's going to happen with the situation with the food. So my refrigerator never was so full like it was <laughs> at the beginning of a virus. And it was all the time you're at home and for sure you open, you close. And when you're doing something, you, and I was studying and then you study. Okay. I make short break and for sure first row road goes to refrigerator. Yeah. And then when, uh, yeah. And after three weeks, my coach said, okay, now you need to run cross for 30 minutes. So we start with 30 minutes and then improve every day, like more and more and more. And I was uh, in the wardrobe, I was changing, uh, putting like sports sport shoes in the mirror. And I look at myself in the mirror. I say, no, okay, not 30 minutes today, I run 45. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. where's my abs? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the abs have gone in quarantine. That's okay, my, ab, my abs were gone before quarantine, mate. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. They, they can come back. You can always get your abs back. Um, Lou, you're being that? modest. What was your run today? Come on. Uh, I, yeah, I started running, so I, I'm trying to train for a marathon to try and, uh, yeah, do some good things for, for maybe some charities and then for myself as well. Cool. So, 
That's yeah, good. I'm also That's eating good. a lot as well at that time. But it's good because yeah. I'm losing a bit. I'm not, the abs aren't there yet. I'm more worried about the chins. <laughs> always the last one to go though it's always the last one you to shouldn't go. worry because you're not uh you're, usually you're not on a tv so usually like you need uh, to yeah. take care of your, your voice <laughs> yeah, I've, I've decided i've decided though that it needs to be changed i decided it needs to be i need to be a bit more streamlined for, for sure um how are the family now are they are they home from russia yeah like uh, 10 days ago uh russia opened their borders they said like uh, foreigners and uh, people who live outside of the russia they can leave uh, but the problem was that my wife went by car, so I took her to Russia by car, and she she had to get back uh, by car, and uh, it was. But I couldn't enter Russia, so she had to drive pretty long, and uh, I went uh, to meet her to Estonia. I make like all the papers, and uh, so I need to ride uh, seven hours, so she's not going so, so long way with two kids. So it was crazy trip, and. Uh, and now, because usually when you come from another country, you need to stay two weeks in a quarantine at home, home isolation. So I did two weeks after Qatar, and now I have to, uh, and now I have to do again two weeks. <laughs> oh, Just because, because you popped to Estonia. Yeah, because I was in Estonia. Oh, but but they but they're okay. I bet they were happy to see you. Yeah, it's true. Like I'm just enjoying now. And uh, I think it's, it will be first summer since, I don't know, since I was 16, when I will spend in, uh, like, at home. And maybe I can do some things I, I never was dreaming only that all the time I was thinking, okay, when I finish my career, I will do this. Like, for example, camping. Like, uh, all my friends, like, since we were teenagers, at least uh, one or two uh, times in the summer, they go camping with the boats, with kayaking, uh, with, with the so I think this year finally I will do this. <laughs> it's a river going through National Park and it's really nice and uh, I did it once so I just came, I did kayaking with them down the rivers then they stayed for a camp but I went for competition and I remember <laughs> it was Latvian Championship and I was four <laughs> four hours pedaling and then, and next day I had to play and my set was terrible because yeah. my, my, a good shoulder oh, workout. My, yeah, yeah, it was shoulder, my biceps were like <laughs> stiff. Just, just have to come out bum setting a little bit more maybe. Yeah, it was so, it was so unprofessional from my side. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just a lesson, maybe not, a, maybe just a lesson. It's true. How, how did you, it, it links us nicely with today actually, like getting to know you um, and obviously looking a little bit to the future as well, but I sort of we want to get to know a little bit more about you. So when, when did you start playing? Like what was, and, and I think I have a good idea why, um, who's a big contributor, um, but, but why did you start playing and yeah, what age? Since, since childhood, I was like, I liked sports, like all the different sports. I started with swimming and with tennis. Then I switched to wrestling. And uh, when I was nine, uh, my neighbors, uh, they started to attempt basketball classes. So I joined them and I really succeeded in basketball in the first year. So I was doing really good. And then, uh, so I played basketball for 10 years from nine till 19. And at the same time, I always did some, uh, something different. Like uh, I, had, I played uh, soccer and then I, uh, I went for two years uh, kickboxing. And then when I was 15, 
I started to play beach volleyball because my father, he, he used to be professional beach volleyball players. And uh, he played last two years of his career. He played in Spain. And when he finished his career, he came back to Latvia and said, okay, now I finished my career. So now I will start coaching you. And the first four years, I was from September till May, I was playing basketball, studying in school. And all summer I was spending at the beach. So for me, like like 12 months a year, I was doing sport. And when we had training camps in uh, basketball in the summer, I was doing basketball session in the morning. Then I was uh, going to beach volleyball, playing beach volleyball and coming back for evening session. So (laughs) this for me was like two sports at the same time. And um, what is good things that since 15 years old, I was always playing with adults. I never played in junior clubs or like school. I was always, I started from my beginning, I was starting playing with adults. And uh, when I was 19, I had to decide what to do. And uh, my mom, she wanted me to study. So I was uh, last uh, year at school, in high school, I was uh, preparing for uh, study in medical school. So after school, I had uh, training and after training every day, like five, not every day, like five times a week, I had four, four hours of uh, biology and chemistry because I wanted to become uh, a doctor. And uh, when I finished my high school, I passed exam and uh, I went to under 20 European championship. And uh, it was uh, 2004 with Martin Plavins in Slovenia. And then my mom called me after uh, one week and she said, uh, we, I got a document, I got an answer from medical school. You got, a, you got in and you got a scholarship and a budget. So it was uh, really good for me. And uh, I had to decide, should I go to study medical school and play beach volleyball just as an amateur? Or should I try to become a professional? Because that years my family couldn't, because Actually, if you look at the beach volleyball from one side, it's, it looks like very cheap sport. What you need, just shorts and the ball and the net. But from the other side, if you're born in a country like Latvia, when we have three, maximum four months a year summer. So actually, like to play on a high level, you have to go for summer every time. So it means that during winter time and spring, you need to go to the countries where you can play beach volleyball and there are away so it's huge expenses so i couldn't my family couldn't afford me to become a professional beach volleyball player if they have to pay for this so the only chance was to get a gold medal an underage championship then you get in the olympic candidate and then you get some support uh, from uh, a latvian olympic team so i said to my mom okay i will go to study medicine and play amateur beach volleyball but if we win under 20 European championship, I will try one year. So because I will get for one <laughs> year, I will get uh, this. Yeah. So I will get financial support for one year. I will try one year to become a professional athlete. And maybe ne- the next year I will go to study medical school. So uh, put on a pause for one year. And then 2004, we won a European championship. Then next year, 2005, we won world championship under 21. So we were extended for one more year. And the next year, we won under-23 European Championship. And the next year, 2008, we qualified for Beijing Olympics. Was it, was it sort of between you and the family, they wanted you to play beach volleyball? Or? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my, my parents, they get divorced, so I lived uh, all my life with my mom. And mm-hmm. with my father, I was more communicating only on beach volleyball court. 
And uh, most of the time I spent with him was in training camps and beach volleyball court during summer at the beach. And uh, actually, I was uh, calling him coach. I never called him dad. I, I called him dad uh, till the moment I started to play beach volleyball because my father always said, because when, when I play with different partners, he always wanted to say, like, it's like when your parents are teachers at school. He said, like, I want to make separate dad is at home. But on Beach Walbe Court, uh, I'm your coach. So you call me coach and uh, I'm not your dad. And that's why, and because we spend most of the time we spend on the court or training camps. So even then automatically, even at home, I was calling him coach. And uh, so my friends were like, calling your dad coach at home? And it's like, how, how, it's weird. <laughs> I said, but it's, he put it so it's uh, my partner always feels more uh, more comfortable when we are on the course. So it's not like two against one. It's more like team and the coach. So it's like so we are more have better communication with each other with my partner. Wow, that's really interesting, and it completely makes sense in in so many ways to to take that pressure off the partner, and you can completely see why. Next next question is quite funny. Uh, what would you be if you wasn't a beach volleyballer? But now we know that question. You'd be, uh, <laughs> you'd be, you'd be a blimmin' doctor. Um, yeah. Dan, Dan has a good question. This is this is a great time to to, to to say the one that you asked earlier on. Okay, so I was wondering why um, Latvian beach volleyball. You know, obviously, has had a lot of success both men, men's and women's, but the indoor side of things is, it hasn't been quite as successful in recent years. Do you know? Do you have any ideas, maybe, why that's the case? Because we're a small country, we only we have 1.8 million people in, in our country and we have so many sports and we have very strong uh, basketball team, we have very strong uh, ice hockey, that already like 20 years in uh, A division mm-hmm. and uh, so many individual sports, track and field and just I think we don't have enough people and uh, because in the last 10 years basketball become really, really popular because now we have, I think, four or even five uh, players in NBA. So uh, all tall guys. Kristaps Porzingis, right? Kristaps Porzingis is number one. And Bert, uh, uh, Bertans. Bertans, yeah. yeah. So um, it's, uh, it's become so popular. Basketball is that all tall guys. They yeah. go to basketball and it's an indoor volleyball suffer from this. Do you well, not think that you could have been, do you think you would have been a professional athlete in another sport? So you said like wrestling, um, kickboxing, basketball, like you name it, you played it. So did, did those help, those other sports help you become a better volleyballer? Probably, or, and, and would you have made a professional level in another sport? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough question because I think, why is the main thing why I succeed in beach volleyball? Because my father was my coach. Mm-hmm. What my father always said that the difference between father coach and just a coach is that uh, coach uh, can uh, just uh, tell you to do exercises. Mm-hmm. But a father coach can tell you and make you to do all these exercises. Mm-hmm. And I had some things when I, and my father is really, really strict. If, if you watch uh, Hollywood movies about Marines, and these uh, like generals who are like really, really aggressive with all these uh, soldiers. So it was a, something like this with my father. 
And I remember one uh, episode that uh, I was uh, doing exercise like really hard. So I was doing like mistakes and she like, do it like 100 times and then 100 push-ups, 100 sprints and uh, 200 jumps. And like we, we were losing. And then I was like almost, I was 16, I was almost crying. So I would just run away from, uh, from training. I came back home and my mom said, your dad just called and said, uh, until you uh, don't get back to court, not to give food to you. And I was like, oh, okay. And he just <laughs> walked back to the court, to the beach. So it, was, no, so it was pretty strict. And uh, I think it was the main thing why I succeed because I, I love sports, but uh, to get to the highest level, you need like this small extra push. Especially in a sport like beach volleyball, where it's so like skill based, it's so you get out of it what you put in, right? Like it's so you can't rely on your athleticism. You really have to have the skills to back it up. Yeah, and it's also different uh, because it's, it's kind of team sport and at the same time like individual team sport. So it's uh, like in the team. I remember when I played basketball. So it was it's always okay. Today is one guy's fault because he missed last shot. The next day, this guy didn't play it in a good uh, defense. Then our center got uh, two early six falls, and then the coach strategy was wrong. So it's always like easier, because in beach volleyball, there are only two athletes. So human being, we always like, okay, I played bad, but you know, my partner, he, he could send me better, or uh, he could <laughs> make some aces. So it's like always, when you're winning, it's easy, but when you start losing, it's always like uh, this chemistry between uh, two beach volleyball players it's uh, hard to build and uh, that's why i think like beach volleyball is like really hard sport uh, because of this uh, communication with your uh, partner because when you're on your own like in tennis you just okay if you lose you know it's your own fault and you work only with your own and yeah. beach volleyball you always have to communicate uh, and work together with your partner where did yeah and how does well i think in in the next episode we're going to be talking a lot about your um your career of playing over a decade at the top level so i i want to try and save a little bit for that because i have so many questions um about how to how to get some of that excellence out of your brain what where did the lion king come from obviously it comes from the barnet barnet is an english word for haircut um, but it's, uh, yeah. And who, who was the first person to, uh, to call you the Lion King? So probably, you know, Geeter. He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, yeah he was an announcer for AVP for many yeah. years. And, uh, now he speaks to Lakers, I think, right. For, um, post-match. And, uh, we, it was 2008, uh, Beijing Olympics. It was one of the brightest experiences in my life. And uh, we have first match uh, against the United States. I was standing under stadium. And if you watch a movie, The Gladiator, when the moment when he's standing behind the gates to enter Coliseum, so and this so it was the same. The doors are closed. You stay. We were after warm up, we were standing uh, under stadium and the vibes. Like you feel the vibes and uh, of uh, music of a crowd, and then like gates opens, you enter, and it just hits you all like music. Twelve thousand spectators, DJ screaming, mascots running, cheerleaders dancing, everything is moving, bright colors, and this you just feel like 
vibrations of uh, of this sound and energy coming from all these people. Like first ball, we warm up. I hit the ball and then all the stadium like boom with my spike like screaming. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And then we sit and they announce and just said and, and now team from Latvia number one Alexander the Lion King Samolovs and was like Lion King okay so, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> but as I, I talked to him he said because you have like uh, I had not that long hair a little bit sh- shorter but always I was screaming after I got points so I was like like roaring and he's like oh it's it's nice thing and and uh, it was a match against uh, Dalhauser Rogers. And we won, <laughs> and we won, and uh, so after this game, like media were crazy about this game, and our in Latvia, like all newspapers, because they were number one in world ranking, and we were the last team who qualified for Olympics, the youngest one. We were both twenty-three years old, and uh, so in all magazines and posters, they put, and you know <laughs> how how it is. With media, they just took this Lion King and put it everywhere. That Lion King roaring in Beijing and stuff like this, and awesome. so the media started to use it, use it all during all Olympics. And uh, also, my name is um, Alexander Samarlovs. It's pretty complicated for foreigners to pronounce. So then, on the world tour, even some players because they don't know how to say my name, so it was easier for them to say Lion King. And so players on the world tour started to call me Lion King. And I think now, like maybe especially women, I would say like 80% probably know, probably know my nickname, but don't know my real name. <laughs> I, have, I have the same issue. Um, my nickname in school, this is not as flattering as, as uh, the Lion King. My nickname in school was Piggy, um, like a little pig. <laughs> so it's, it was bad. And now my wife. My goddaughter still calls me um, uh, like Piggy or Uncle Piggy. So as much as there's only four people in the world that call me this nickname now, it used to be a lot more, but my, my close circle of friends still call me Piggy. Um, why? Because I, I actually walked out. I was actually a really like quite athletic kid. I was playing lots of sport, um, but I came out of the, came out of the canteen uh, with two toasties and probably like something else hit, hit in my armpit or something like to go play sport. Somebody called me Piggy. And then, boom, my whole school life. And then it's, it's stayed. Yeah, it's, it's still there. It's One of those fun. school nicknames that just clicks and it's then... and then crazy. Then, uh, I had in my school, I had the nickname Elvis. Because uh, <laughs> on a new year, I had like a little bit longer hair. And uh, on a new year, we were doing some... Um, some dancing, uh, comp- like not competition, like uh, some on a stage in the school. And I, I was, uh, we had the topic uh, 60s, 70s music, and I was dressed as a uh, Elvis. And so I was dancing. We had, uh, it was really good. It was like all our uh, class did really, really good one. And uh, so afterward, like all my school started to call me Elvis. So, so they, and then, uh, like after three or four years. <laughs> People thought it's my real name. They said, like, Elvis <laughs> is my real name because everybody called me Elvis. Tr- traditional <laughs> Latvian name, Elvis. Or also, or also, I think maybe Latvians are nicer than British people. The other, the other name I had from my friends, again, like, they're great people. They're still, they're, they're still my core friends in life. So, and it, it's as bad as everybody else. So I give them as much abuse as they give me. Uh, the other one I got was Melonhead because I got a head like a melon, <laughs> like, like a big round head. So yeah, 
but sometimes it seems with uh with with british friends that the meaner you are the the better friends you are sometimes yeah i think so yeah i think <laughs> I, I hope that's the case because i'm also i'm also pretty mean to them with uh with, with certain things at the time so it's the way that it um way that it works for sure um what's your um main hobby outside so let's go from nicknames to hobby what's your main hobby outside of the sport now playstation no no, no, it's a short time hobby. It was like, I, I wouldn't say it's hobby. It was just killing time. So now my family is back. And the uh, number one hobby for me now is uh, Lego. <laughs> Constructor, because <laughs> my kids like playing all the time uh, Lego and uh, I'm playing with them. So I like putting uh, all these constructor uh, together. And, but uh, main hobby is reading. I really like reading and it's uh, kind of because I'm pretty emotional person and um, after trainings and after comp- during, especially during competition, just my emotions just going to all, uh, all sides all around and just to stay focused, to stay calm. And uh, through the reading, I was just, it's kind of meditation for me. So when I read, I come down, I, I sleep better and uh, I play better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very much the same. Quite emotional and, and reading and taking time out to do that sort of stuff and learn. Yeah, if I'm if I'm learning or reading or something, it takes my way. Yeah, sep- it separates everything for me. I'm the, I'm the same. Um, what do you think? Um, or firstly, how do you want to be remembered as a player? Like, if 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 you if if we're, when this sort of career, like, I think you can go on for so many more years now. But but when it's all over, what do you want to be remembered as? Sure, like every player, when you play, you want to be remembered as the best, mm-hmm. like uh, to perform the best. Uh, but uh, sometimes you can't do it because it's sport, and gold medal is only one. And uh, there is thousands of uh, athletes who want to get this gold medal. And uh, I just uh, want to put everything I can and do maximum what I can get uh, out of my body, out of me, out of our team, and. Uh, to put uh, a mark in the history, I already put it in the history of uh, Latin beach volleyball for sure. Uh, I think like when it's, there'll be books about beach volleyball for sure. My name will be there, and uh, in in the world we will see. Still a few years uh, of my career, still many things to do, and still uh, many medals I haven't achieved yet. But uh, I'm still going for my dream. What, what, what would you say the dream is? Olympic, Olympic gold? Still very achievable. Olympic gold, for sure. Olympic gold, yeah. It was uh, number one. Uh, since uh, when I was seven, there was uh, one moment in, uh, at home. My father came from, uh, from work and I was like really sad and my mom was really angry and she, like, he asked, what happened? It's like, look at your athlete. Like there was uh, in the Latvian uh, in the school a teacher Latvian language asked who want to go to Olympic, but it was like uh, language Olympics. <laughs> I was like first in in the class. I was like, <laughs> but I was terrible in Latin because I came from a Russian family and uh, so and the family in the, at home we speak uh, Russian, so my Latin wasn't really good. And when she asked like who want to go to Olympics, I said like I read my hand, but it was like language Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like yeah. that about you. Like what I'm learning is like you've got this incredible work ethic about you and this incredible like ability to keep pushing limits and this yeah work ethic and learning and 
but it's, but I think it's like the only you enjoy when you realize you did maximum and the best you could. Yeah. So even if it's like you get 17th in a regular like city competition, but uh, comparing to your own results, that's what I also uh, saying on Instagram to my followers that it's not so important maybe to have like really good result comparing to other. It's better to compare with yourself. Like, okay, you start now, you run 10 kilometers in one hour, 30 minutes and compare with yourself, compete with yourself and do it like improve. Okay, now I did one minute, 15, then uh, one hour, 15, then one hour, then 50 minutes. Okay, if you go and run with uh, professionals, your 50 minutes, you'll be maybe like 2000 or uh, even less. But comparing to you, if you go to competition and run in 45 minutes, but your best time before was 50, you will feel amazing. And it's, it's the way how people should look into sports they, okay you look to a professional athletes like highest level but these guys spend 24 hours to achieve these results and for you as a regular person just compete with uh, with the same people like you your friends or with your better even with yourself like improve your results and you'll have uh, like uh, all these positive emotions yeah I'm is, is this fun. motivating you to go for a run after this Oh man, I went this morning. I was out at 6.30 a.m. But I am taking like 100% bad at the moment, just competing with myself. And I've always played team yeah. sport. I've always been pushing for a place and I'm always like looking over my shoulder. And it's actually quite refreshing. To I did a boxing match as well once. And the boxing and the running are the two things where I'm just like, it's me. Like it's all about, and it's the same with all sports, right? Like it, the, the mindset doesn't change. It's just your perception of, of it. Well, it's a good, it's a good idea too. Cause you know, as Louis, you and I both played sports pretty seriously in our youth, but you know, dropped off a lot sooner before the professional level. Right. So we still need to compete with people. We still need to compete with ourselves, but you know, obviously the professional <laughs> dream isn't happening, but I think that's a really good message to, to people. I still find the same in the career that I do now, like whether it's commentary or punditry or anything like this is like, it's exactly the same. Like, I just try and do my best and, you might like it, you might not like it. For me, I, I can't control that, but I can sort of control the things like working hard and, and getting to know stuff and being curious. I like that, it's, it's really, yeah, so far I'm feeling pretty inspired today, Lion King, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. What's the, um, what's the plan after you finish? Like, whenever that is, I mean, you look at the likes of Haydn, you look at the likes of Manuel, you look like guys going into their like 40s and, and, and higher, like how long do you see yourself playing for and how long do you, and, and what do you see yourself going afterwards? I will see, I will try to play as, uh, as long as I can win because uh, I like winning and I hate losing and uh, I'm pretty competitive, I'm a very competitive person and uh, all my friends know this, I'm crazy about bets. Also, like, <laughs> if we make bets with my friends, like, normal <laughs> friendship till the bet is over. <laughs> and uh, so I will play it till the moment I am, I'm able to win. So after it, I will see. I'm not, I'm trying, like, to, to be prepared, but uh, not to stay too much in my thoughts. Uh, around the things around beach volleyball because now for me beach volleyball is primary but uh, i already do a project that named beach box camps i'm organizing uh, camps for in beach volleyball camps for beginners amateur like 
different level people, men, women, different ages. And uh, it's uh, growing pretty good. And uh, now because uh, my, my season is pretty long, so I can do camps maybe three, four a year maximum. And it's uh, October uh, till uh, March maximum, depending on calendar. And uh, we started only with Latvia with uh, 24 people. Last year we did in Spain, 31 countries with uh, 220 people. So it's become a really, really big project. And uh, the idea of my project is to bring uh, professional athletes, so highest level, so all coaches in my camp, they're uh, Olympians, uh, World Tour medalists, or coaches of these athletes. So it's like try to get highest, highest level. And uh, so for sure, I would like to continue this project because um, I understood I'm not really enjoying coaching the same way I'm enjoying playing beach volleyball, but I really enjoy organizing. I like to organize events and maybe I will, after a few time, I will switch not only from beach volleyball events, maybe other sport events, and maybe I will work in this part. And uh, I have uh, three educations. I have master's degree in finance. Uh, I have degree in law. And currently I'm doing uh, sports science. So uh, you have I have pretty, <laughs> a lot of options, a lot of options. And uh, try to save some uh, capital, maybe for investments in the future. And uh, do maybe something with uh, real estate. And so we will see. That's, that's crazy, the amount of options you have. Also. I bet you, because it sounds like you're a betting man, I bet you a dinner at some point, because we can't bet cash on a podcast run by the CEV, but we can bet dinner. Um, is, um, to, sorry. I bet you, that, let's go there again, that in 10 years I see you coaching on the world tour because you're so competitive. I, I can't imagine, I can imagine that when you stop, that when you stop competing, you're, there's going to be something that, that, that misses the, the little bit of competition. I will see because my brother, he's 22 years old and uh, he just starting his first step in beach volleyball. And uh, my father is uh, already 60. So I don't know how long he can uh, stay coach. So maybe I will, ha- I will try to help my brother for sure. And you see, but uh, the bad thing about coaching, like, when I'm playing court, I'm controlling these emotions, I'm enjoying them. But when I'm outside the court, I become so stressful. I don't know, when I'm watching my brother playing, so I imagine if I'm a coach of a team, I don't know, I will, I will have white hair, I think, in one month. It takes, takes <laughs> time. I'm, I'm really, like, so stressful. That, that links us really well, because our feature to end actually links with your brother. I messaged him to say that you were coming on the podcast. And uh, is there anything I should ask you about? Just, just to, uh, just okay. Just, and I know you ask something, or just because you're, I know that I know my relationship with my brothers. They're always willing to, uh, to give to give information for stuff like this. Um, he asked. We have one. We have one feature called the Block Bunch, where it's a bit of gossip from the World Tour. And he's asked. He's asked me to talk about what happened between you and Edgar's Toch. Uh, sharing an apartment in Hamburg at the World Championships. <laughs> because I think like Yanis is uh, the best roommate. I like, can be like uh, he's like really good. 
he sleeps. Uh, I know like a lot of people know about Sorum, that Sorum sleeps a lot. So Yanis, I think he sleeps even more than Sorum. I think some competition, he can sleep up to 16 hours a day. So, <laughs> so he sleeps a lot. Like if a day without a two hours nap, if you like at least one hour nap, he will be so angry and annoying. And so he, <laughs> and like I go I sleep late and he goes usually like nine or 10. So and he, he sleeps a lot. I guess it was, was the opposite. And Yanis, he's always, he's not uh, talking a lot. So in the room, what I really like, like it, I'm talking pretty a lot. When I'm on a, a world tour, I talk with other players. But when I'm in the room, I want to stay silent. I want to stay with my book just to uh, calm down and uh, sort of silence. So it's always, there is no TV in our room. So no music. So it's always silence. And uh, my book and Yanis is in a, uh, airpods uh, watching some serials or movies but with the edgars edgar is talking a lot and when he's in the room he continues talking and i said edgar please i, I want to read the book I said okay okay and i was reading and he's talking he's just talking with himself all the time and i'm like reading and it's like oh you can watch uh watch movie and the talk like commenting yeah. what's happening and you're trying to prepare for a game and then it's just just chatting away yeah so it was like a little bit annoying and then i talked with the uh, plavins and said like, I said, like oh, it's normal <laughs> so like that's why i'm always put headphones and <laughs> see plavins is quite a real like quiet guy as well right so like yeah, he's, he's obviously yeah. just yeah just just used to it mystery man we have, we have one more feature, is that correct? Yeah, one more feature where we, we have a mystery guest coming on the uh, podcast at a later date. So we're trying to get all our co-hosts to try and guess who this player is. So I, I think this, I, think, I, I have a feeling that Lion King's going to get close. Okay, so here, here's what we know so far about this player. By the way, Louie and I both don't actually know who this is. This is purely, oh. purely Matt Rogers. Okay. He's the only man who knows this, so... Maybe you can help us out. But this player plays indoor volleyball, That's has won the Champions League, 14 shoe size, right-handed, has won the European Championships and is most known for their spikes. And we're going to play the seventh clue for you right here. How many different clubs have you played for? Two. So you played for two different clubs? Two different clubs. 14 shoe size. He's won the European Championships. 14, it's uh, how much in uh, European? You're asking the wrong person. Big, 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 big okay. <laughs> I think he's got big feet. Louis, what size are you? I'm, I'm size 10. In hang, on, so, hang on, hang on, hang on. I might have just had a breakthrough. Okay. But, but hang on, no, it can't be. Because if he's, if he's won the Champions League indoors. Yeah. The problem the is like, I'm not really good in the indoor. Man, I'm pretty say, good in indoor, and this is hard for me as well. I was going to say, so I was going to say Sokolov, but Sokolov has played for so many more clubs. Yeah, Zenit Kazan, Lube, and yeah. Ankara at least, right? Probably more. Any ideas, Alexander's? I was thinking Yoandi Liao before they said before he said uh, he won a European Championships. There you go. Right, I think that's the end of episode one. If you know who what the answer is, <laughs> no, remember you guys at home 
just get hold of us uh, over social. Just media. write and comment. Yeah, yeah. Just comment. Who is the mystery guest? Because I'm trying to close the show now, and I can't even concentrate because my head's in volleyball mode, trying to figure out um, who it was. But Dan, thank you for coming on again, uh, lending. Thanks this for inviting. Yeah, brain. thank you guys. Dan is the biggest volleyball brain uh, that I know. He's thank you. Un- unbelievable. Um, and as other models, you have been unbelievable, and I can't wait until episode. The next episode that's episode uh, going to come our way very, very soon. To our listeners, make sure that you subscribe, tell your friends, suggest a guest, and you can even send us those questions to ask the world best. Remember, use the hashtag LetVolleyballTalk, and then we're going to talk about volleyball for as long as we possibly can, as normal. For myself, we let the A space and the Thank you for listening. For now, stay safe, and we'll see each other on the other side.